What comes to your mind when you think about a sword fight? Pirates of the Caribbean? Zorro? All of that swashbuckling might make for a good Hollywood movie, but it has little to do with spiritual warfare. The Bible tells us to put on the whole armor of God, including the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Swagger or a daring, adventuresome spirit is no help when it comes to battling spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Instead, we humbly use God's mighty weapons, not worldly ones, to knock down the strongholds of human reasoning. So when was the last time you engaged in a good sword fight with the devil and won? I'm Ron Jones. Something good starts right now. Think of temptation as hand-to-hand -hand combat with Satan. When the time comes, it's a good idea to have a sword in your hand. Hello and welcome to Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones, lead pastor at Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. My name is Brian Davis, always glad to have you with us. Well, not only does God want you to have the sword of the Spirit in your hand, He wants you to have it in your heart. Today, Ron explains the importance of this vital piece of battle gear as he continues his teaching series, Armored, Dressed for Victory in Spiritual Warfare. Visit somethinggoodradio.org anytime to hear Ron's messages on demand. That's somethinggoodradio.org. Now here's Ron with part two of his message, Picking Up the Sword of the Spirit. If you read Jesus' experience in the um, wilderness there, you know, just keep in mind, uh, he, he didn't have a copy of the scriptures to carry around like we do. He, he didn't have an iPhone with a downloaded copy of whatever translation you want. He, he had it in a better spot. He had it hidden in his heart. He had it committed to memory. Uh, maybe uh, this has in mind Psalm 119 and verse 11 where David says, Your word have I hidden in my heart that I might not sin against you. Let me break this down as, as practically as I can and how temptation works, how, how it works in my life, and I suppose it works in your life as well. The devil comes to tempt with the lust of the eyes, the lust of the flesh, the boastful pride of life, and you might have a moment to make a decision. Am I going to go this way? Am I going to entertain the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the boastful pride of life? or am I gonna go God's way? You might have just a second to make that decision, which means you need to have the rhema word of God as close to you as you can get. You don't even have time to, to pull it out of your pocket and pull it up on your, your phone. You need to have it hidden in your heart. You need to have that sword so close in your sheath that the Holy Spirit can bring to your memory the specific scripture for the specific situation you're in or the specific struggle that you're in. And um, I, I'm just gonna say it flat out, scripture memory is one of the most transformational spiritual disciplines to engage in. And I know some of you are saying, Pastor, you just lost me. I'm an old guy, I can't remember anything. Sure you can. 
You remember your social security number, don't you? You say that just like that. Your driver's license number, your phone number, and a lot of other things that you've committed to memory. You need to start here. And we'll talk more about strongholds in a moment, but if there is an area of your life that easily entangles you, a stronghold perhaps, you need to find verses of Scripture that relate to that particular stumbling block for you and commit them to memory so that you are prepared when the devil comes with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the boastful pride of life. You, you have a dagger right near your heart. You can pull it out in a heartbeat with the help of the Holy Spirit, jam it into the devil's chest just like Jesus did. It is written, it is written, it is written. He will flee from the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, every time it is properly yielded. But you've got to have it close by, just like Jesus did. Jesus had all of his Scripture here in the wilderness committed to memory. And if you look at it closely, every verse was from the book of Deuteronomy. When was the last time you read the book of Deuteronomy, let alone committed any of it to memory? You see what I'm talking about here? You've got to put on the whole armor of God. Get up, dress yourself for victory in spiritual warfare. Be ready for the battle and not have the sword so far away from you that you don't have time for that. In some cases, the temptation is so real, it is so close, it is hand-to-hand -hand combat. And you've got to have the sword nearby. Jesus models that for us in a wonderful wonderful way. Now let's talk a little bit about breaking free of strongholds. I've alluded to this throughout uh, this study together about the armor of God. And we've now completed all the pieces of the armor, the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel shoes of peace, the shield of faith, the helmet of salvation. And now you know what the sword of the Spirit is all about. But you may find yourself in a situation where there is a, what the Bible calls a stronghold in your life. Uh, we might use the word addiction for something like that, but the truth of the matter is all sin can become addicting. What is a stronghold? Well, the, the word stronghold is used once in the New Testament in 2 Corinthians 10 and verses 3 and 4. Uh, I've landed here in previous messages, but let's go here again. For though we walk in the flesh, we are not waging war according to the flesh, Paul says. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. Again, what, what is a stronghold? Let's define it first, and then let's talk about how you break the stronghold. Dr. Tony Evans says, a stronghold can be defined as a pattern of unrighteousness that holds you hostage outside of the will of God. He goes on to say, strongholds result from something invisible in the spiritual realm cooperating with something visible in the physical realm, keeping a person trapped in an addiction or negative life pattern. Overcoming a stronghold always involves a spiritual solution because the stronghold is rooted in a spiritual cause. And that's a pretty good, now that's, that's a great definition and understanding of a spiritual stronghold. I think the writer of Hebrews probably has strongholds in mind when he encourages us to lay aside every weight, 
and the sin that does so easily entangle us. Still ahead, the rest of Dr. Ron Jones' message, Picking Up the Sword of the Spirit. SomethingGoodRadio.org is the place to go to hear any of Ron's messages on demand. That's SomethingGoodRadio.org. And when you stop by, check out the new Something Good digital library, where you can search to find answers to your biblical questions from nearly 30 years of Ron's Bible teaching ministry. You can stream for free and on demand at SomethingGoodRadio.org. The song Route 66 by Bobby Troop captured the heartbeat of a generation that dreamed of traveling the open road on US 66 from Chicago, Illinois to Santa Monica, California. Get your kicks on Route 66. Get your kicks on Route 66 became the rally cry and part of the song's popular lyric. If reading the 66 books of the Bible was like a Route 66 road trip across America, people might do more than casually flip through the best-selling book of all time. That idea captured my heart and inspired me to write a book called The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, making the Bible's story accessible to a new generation of people. Get your kicks on the biblical Route 66. Join me on The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible. Ron's new book, The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, is now available. For a gift of $30 or more, request your copy of the 384-page book today. When you order the print book, you'll also get instant access to the Route 66 Digital Library, a $275 value. The Digital Library contains 66 video sermons, 66 audio messages, 66 downloadable sermon notes, and eight ebooks. To pre order your copy of The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, go to somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible is a welcome addition to any home library. Pastor, as you look back on your 66 messages through the Bible, what has been most impactful about the experience, and what are you hoping our listeners will get from the book? Brian, one of the most impactful things for me was to experience the grace of God energizing and equipping me to hammer out the project. Uh, My relationship with the Lord has grown even more intimate from having persevered to the end. One of the things I hoped to accomplish was to show people how the whole of God's Word hangs together and to do it without writing endless volumes of commentary. So this uh, abbreviated resource called The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible is a companion to the Bible and offers the reader a bit of a a bird's eye view of the major themes of each book, showing how all 66 books of the Bible fit together to produce a unified work of the Holy Spirit. Stop by somethinggoodradio.org to request The Ultimate Road Trip Through the Bible, Volume 1, Old Testament, for your gift of $30 or more. Give over the phone by calling our offices at 757-276-1099 or mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23456. Let's get back to Ron for the second half of today's message, Picking Up the Sword of the Spirit. Common strongholds, let me just name some of them, like drugs, sex, alcohol, a gambling addiction. A spiritual stronghold can exist in your marriage, your ministry, 
even your finances. For some people, food is a stronghold. They find comfort in food and they overeat and struggle with weight all their lives. There may be a biological reason for it, but it also may be an indication of a stronghold. It's where you go to find comfort. Now, if the devil can get a foothold in any area of our life, in time he can create a stronghold. But a foothold doesn't have to lead to a stronghold if you're properly dressed for victory in spiritual warfare. He, he may stick his foot in the door in an area of your life, but if you have put on the belt of truth and the breastplate of righteousness and have your gospel shoes on, you've picked up the shield of faith, you've put on the helmet of salvation, and you have picked up the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God, you can put down that foothold before it ever becomes a stronghold. But if you're not dressed for victory in spiritual warfare, Every foothold in time becomes a stronghold, and you end up living a defeated life. And you seek therapy, you seek accountability, you know, human reason, human logic, whatever other human means it is to try to break free, but you never seem to break free because you're trying to fight a spiritual battle with a human solution. You're trying to fight something in the spiritual realm with something in the physical realm. And that's not how it happens. That's not how spiritual victories are won. Let me give you an Old Testament example of this, an example of um, how divine power and spiritual weaponry is needed to destroy strongholds. I'm talking about the story in the book of Joshua about the defeat of the city of Jericho. Remember that story? Uh, Joshua is about the time that Moses is dead. Joshua, his uh, second in command, is now taking over the leadership of what amounts now to the next generation of Israelites. It's the kids and the grandkids of those who came out of Egypt. And um, the, the first generation wanders around in Egypt for 40 years. They have kids, they have grandkids. Most of them die off, all but Joshua and Caleb die in the wilderness, including Moses. And now Joshua and Caleb will take them across the Jordan River to take possession of all that God had promised to them, but they have many enemies to fight. The Canaanites, the Jebusites, the Hittites, the Amorites, you name it, they're there. Strongholds. And one of the first cities they were facing to conquest was the city of Jericho. Joshua chapter 6 begins, Now Jericho was shut up inside and outside because of the people of Israel. None went out and none came in. It was a fortified city, impenetrable by anybody's standards. But God said to Joshua, listen to this, See, I have given Jericho into your hand with its king and mighty men of valor. Joshua had to accept that by faith. God told him ahead of time, I've already won the victory for you. The battle belongs to the Lord. The victory belongs to him as well, as well. The New Testament tells us our victory comes by faith. Joshua had to accept what the Lord said by faith. And when the Lord told him the battle plan, well, it was really a step of faith for a military leader like Joshua because it sounded nothing like anything he learned at West Point. Well, West Point was much later, but you get the idea. Joshua was this this fabulous military commander. And here's what the Lord told him. Joshua, when you go and take the city of Jericho, here's what I want you to do. Get your army together, 
and you're going to march around the city. On day one, you're going to march all the way around the city. And day two, you're going to march around the city again. Day three, four, five, and six, you're just going to march around the city. And on the seventh day, you're going to march around the city seven times. And at the end of the seven times, you're all going to shout. And the walls of Jericho will come down. And if I were Joshua, trained in military strategy, I would have looked at the Lord and said, you got to be kidding me. I mean, that doesn't sound like any kind of a battle plan that I've ever heard, which is exactly the point. Because this is an illustration of how divine power breaks the strongholds. Uh, the point is simply this. You, you fight God's battles, God's ways, to experience God's victory. And I take you there as an illustration and as a reminder to simply say this. Don't just sort of slough off all these pieces of armor and, and default into the position again that you can pull yourself up by your own bootstraps and break free of whatever foothold has become a stronghold in your life. You'll just live a defeated life. Uh, Peter learned that human means and human weaponry is not the way to fight a spiritual battle. Joshua learned it. And when those walls came tumbling down without a single military strategy that he had learned and implemented, he, he learned a very important lesson. God's battles fought God's ways will yield God's victory. And so let's go back to Ephesians chapter 6 again. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, against the rulers of darkness in the heavenly realms. You got to accept that reality by faith that something's going on in the invisible realm that may be the perfect explanation to what you're struggling with in the physical realm. And the only way to find freedom from a spiritual stronghold and a spiritual bondage is by fighting it with spiritual weaponry and fighting it exactly as God told us to do. To put on the belt of truth, the breastplate of righteousness, those gospel shoes of peace, the helmet of salvation, the sword of the spirit, the shield of faith. Every piece of it is important. And next week, we're going to talk about warfare prayer, because at the end of this discussion in Ephesians chapter 6, Paul talks about prayer. And this is no, now I lay me down to sleep kind of praying. Uh, there, there's something in the spiritual realm that requires the spiritual discipline of prayer to get us ready for the spiritual battles once we're dressed for victory in spiritual warfare. But until then, take up the sword of the Spirit. And I'm going to challenge you this week. If there's a particular area you struggle in, find Scripture related to that particular area and memorize it. Memorize it. Don't take your Bible, toss it in the back of your car, and hope that it gives you good luck. That's called superstition. And you can't fight spiritual battles with superstition. You can't fight spiritual battles with the Bible collecting dust 
or being so far from your memory bank. Eve fell in the Garden of Eden because she didn't have a precise knowledge of the Word of God. In that area in which you struggle the most, maybe it's an unforgiving spirit, you need to memorize everything the Bible says about forgiveness. Hide it in your heart. Because the devil's going to come back this week and stir up that bitterness in your spirit, and you need a dagger close by your heart to say, no, thrust it into his chest. Take up the sword of the Spirit. Take up an offensive position. Move out offensively into the spiritual realm with the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. Amen? Thanks so much for being with us for today's Something Good radio message, Picking Up the Sword of the Spirit. Dr. Ron Jones joins me in studio. And Ron, let's talk a little further about the relationship between the Word of God and the temptation of man. There seems to be a very clear connection between meditating on God's Word and our ability to resist temptation when it comes. There absolutely is, Brian. Now, I talked about this a little bit last week and again today. Uh, the idea of Jesus in the wilderness, uh, tempted three times by Satan, and each time he was tempted, Jesus quoted Scripture back at Satan. Now, some may say, well, Jesus is the Word of God, and so, of course, he knows every single jot and tittle of it by heart. And, of course, that's true. But all of us can immerse ourselves in God's Word. All of us can memorize Scripture. All of us can, over time, have enough of it in our hearts and our heads that when we are in a battle against temptation, we have a ready response straight from the Word of God that can deliver us from that temptation. That's part of what God means when he says in 1 Corinthians 10 and verse 13, no temptation has overtaken you except what is common to mankind. And God is faithful. He will not let you be tempted beyond what you can bear. But when you are tempted, he will also provide a way out so that you can endure it. His word, God's word, is a weapon against sin and temptation. And as we memorize scripture, in particular, some of the passages that relate to our own specific struggles, we will begin to have a ready answer when that moment of temptation comes our way. And let me say this in closing, Brian, the time to overcome temptation is not when we're confronted with temptation. No, the time to overcome it is long before that. While we're at home in our robes and with a cup of coffee at the kitchen table, uh, reading God's word, praying, spending time with God, that's when we overcome the temptation that is sure to hit us sometime next week or later that day. You beat temptation before it comes. You build the ark before the rain. So I would encourage every believer in Christ to make it a number one priority to get into God's Word and live there. Spend time in His Word on a consistent basis. Let the Scriptures interpret you, lay you bare before Him, so to speak, so that you'll know yourself and know your weaknesses and your struggles, know the temptations that are toughest for you to handle. And in that way, you will arm yourself against temptation well in advance of it. Building the ark before the rain. Thanks for that additional insight into today's message. Now, before we go, Ron, tell us about your next message, the last one in this current series, Armored, Dressed for Victory in Spiritual Warfare. 
Brian, we've now covered all six pieces of armor we're supposed to put on or pick up in an effort to dress for victory in spiritual warfare. But there's one more weapon at our disposal. And near the end of Ephesians chapter 6, right after the Apostle Paul outlines the armor we need, he turns his attention to prayer. Now, I have come to believe that prayer is very likely the least used gift among believers in Christ. But it is so vital. Because although it's not a piece of our armor per se, it is the thing that makes it all work together. So now that we're armed, now that we're dressed for victory in spiritual warfare, and now that we're warriors, it's time to talk about what it takes to be a prayer warrior. And that's where I'm headed next time as I continue my series from Ephesians chapter 6. That's next time when Dr. Ron Jones shares his message, Warfare Prayer. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.